Welcome to the You Were Created For More podcast. Each week we will bring you focused, impactful content, sharing one big idea combined with our experience and understanding to help you take action and achieve the results you desire. We rotate content around our foundational principles to help you experience a more abundant life. Desiring more, growing in Christ, managing your mind, and owning your health. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the You Were Created for More podcast. As many of you know, we recently went through the 100 Days to Change and just the whole change process and the discomfort that's involved with all of it. And we right now are actually going through change where we are moving from here in the Midwest in Indiana down to Florida and just the change that's involved with that, all the different pieces and all the different emotions. It's been very interesting um, just to kind of take a step back and make sure that we are one, being aware of our thoughts, but then two, just allowing any negative emotions or any negative feelings that are coming up for us, um, myself in particular, but just allowing that to be there and understanding that it's okay to have feelings of sadness and, you know, as we go through and purge things and just kind of looking forward to the future and being further away from family. But it's definitely been so powerful to have gone through the change process in other areas so that I know how to handle those emotions. So just want to encourage you, if there's some form of change, whether it be planned or unplanned that you're going through, um, just reach out. I've been there just to help you through the process as well. Also, I wanted to share, uh, many of you may or may not know this, but in my journey here with Created For More, it all started out as a certified as me being a certified health coach. I thought that my vision was going to be a membership focused solely on health. Um, That was kind of my thing at the time, but as I continued to grow and uh, just have a stronger relationship with Christ and just pay attention to those nudges in that direction, I am now here with um, just a different uh, perspective on things. And when I was a certified health coach, you know, kind of going through that whole process, I saw that there was a need for a more holistic approach, especially focused around our thoughts as the lack of belief and that lack of, and the lack of empowering feelings held so many people back on their health journey. And that's why I'm here today and just wanted to share that with you and the talk that I have for you guys over the next couple podcasts, um, I think will be very helpful for you. Now let's get started with today's episode. That's episode number 63, where we're going to be talking about one of the main reasons that we overeat, and that's our over-desire for food. You know how I preach that awareness is always the first step, and then understanding is another important step in our human change process? Well, in the next couple of podcasts, we're going to explore these concepts together, and those are over-desire and over-hunger. We are going to examine what's driving them in our human lives, and we're also going to get curious and learn what will help our body get back to its natural state that God designed our bodies to thrive and prosper in. So today, we're diving into why so many of us have an over-desire for food. 
Here's something you might not realize. The reason we overeat is not because we love to. In fact, we don't even enjoy overeating. The reason we overeat is that many of us have a constant over-desire and over-hunger for food. And this over-desire and over-hunger hasn't always been part of our society. Hard evidence shows it's just been created over the past 40 years or so. If you look at any graph showing obesity in the U.S., the slope of the line dramatically increases starting in the late 1970s. Why? Well, in 1977, the U.S. government released new dietary guidelines. And if you're around my age, 44, you probably remember that classic food pyramid we were taught in school about how how many servings of the different types of food that we should have. Those guidelines led to some major changes in the food we eat. It told us to stop eating any kind of fat. So it introduced our low low and non-fat craze. This also led to a huge increase in the amount of highly processed foods that were low in fat high and high in refined sugar and flour. Fat makes food taste good, so to substitute for that, the food manufacturers, they had to add flour, sugar, and artificial man-made fats. The other problem with that is there are some significant health benefits from healthy fats. They help us stay full longer, and they also help us regulate our hormones. I could spend more time here, but here's the bottom line. Our nation's obesity rate has nearly tripled since then from 15% to 45%. So what's causing us to have an unnatural over-desire for food Well, like most things, there are many factors at work here. Let's examine a few of the main ones. First, we are psychologically conditioned to overeat. And the thing is, we've been conditioned to overeat because food is everywhere that we look and everywhere that we turn. And it's always presented delicious, healthy, those large portion sizes. Food has become such a huge part of our life. When you think about how often we eat and how we're expected to eat, you know, it's a primary focus in our social life. And it's so accepted and conditioned to over-desire food. Food is pushed on you and you're viewed differently if you don't eat it. Secondly, overeating is caused by a desire to soothe our emotional discomfort. We're not taught to manage our emotions. We don't know how to cope. Many times we are looking for a distraction, an escape from our emotional pain. Remember, our primitive brain always is always focused on avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, and being as efficient as possible. And food, it's the perfect answer. And the thing is, we can get pleasure from it with a very little amount of effort required and it's always easily accessible. Food is specifically marketed and designed to take advantage of this. It's an acceptable buffer or escape in our society. If you feel bad, let's go eat some ice cream to make us feel better. 
Eating to take away emotional pain actually creates a self-perpetuating desire because when we overeat or eat something that we think we shouldn't, we create a brand new layer of negative emotions such as guilt, remorse, and regret. So then we need to eat more to make that pain go away. Thirdly, our brains are wired to reward us for life-preserving activities. And eating is one of those activities. Our desire for food is based on very healthy, a very healthy release of dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is stored in our brain and it creates neural pathways that remind us how important it is to eat food and repeat that. But concentrated refined foods, they spike that response in our brain. And this causes our brains to believe those foods are very important to keep us to to keep eating. But they're much more important than foods that are much better equipped to fuel and nourish our bodies. And this dopamine response is also self-perpetuating because more dopamine creation creation downregulates the receptors that create the feel-good stimulation. So we need more of that food next time to have the same impact. The more you do something, the more you practice something, the stronger that that neural pathway in our brain, the stronger it becomes. And eventually we get so good at it because it simply becomes a subconscious action delegated to our subconscious brain. This is why so often we feel out of control with food. We feel as if we're eating against our own will. Notice how all three of these work together to drive our desire levels beyond their natural state, beyond the state God intended for us. We're always surrounded by delicious food that's easy to get. We struggle allowing and feeling our negative emotions, so we use food as a primary method to escape that feeling and replace it with immediate pleasure, comfort. The food we turn to normally spikes our dopamine response in our brain, telling us we definitely need to eat this more often. This cycle continues over and over again until we, until we get so good at it that it becomes a normal part of our day. It becomes an automatic and permanent coping device for all the hard in our human life. And then when we decide we want to reverse all this and lose the weight, we can't understand why that's so hard. Go figure, right? Here's the thing. It's very important to understand the difference between treating the symptom by resisting overeating versus treating the cause, which is the overdesire. We want to work on reducing our desire for food back to its natural levels. We don't want to eliminate our desire completely because desire motivates and moves us in so many positive ways as well. It produces positive moods and spurs us to be productive. This is one of the crucial secrets to weight loss, to learn how to not over-desire food. So what can you do to do just that? Reduce your desire for food. 
There are many ways you can approach this. I'm going to highlight a few that I believe are the most effective. First, decide ahead of time by planning what food you are going to eat. Manage your desire for food with the highest part of your human self, which is your prefrontal cortex or your rational brain. We have to put our rational brain in charge and make sure we are utilizing it thoroughly. The prefrontal is what we can use to think about our thinking, to make decisions, and to plan ahead. We want to make sure it's in charge of our eating decisions. We want to make sure our default brain's urges and thought errors are not driving the action. Now here's the key with this. Don't fall into the trap of trying to be perfect and too restrictive. That's likely going to make you fall flat on your face. Keep it simple and doable. Set yourself up for success. Ask yourself what you're willing to do today. Start mixing in more of God's foods, real whole foods, into your plan with the foods that you love. Be curious, experiment, and figure out what works for you. Avoid the diet mentality of restriction and deprivation. It's your choice. Use your rational brain to choose wisely. You know best where you're at now and what you're willing to do. Next up, be willing to feel and experience any emotion. This is how we greatly reduce our emotional eating. Learn how to allow your negative emotions without resisting, avoiding, or escaping. Be willing to feel and allow all your emotions. That's when you can establish a relationship with yourself that doesn't need to escape from anything. So a big part of your false desire will simply just disappear. A big step that no one talks about in their weight loss journey is how to allow and process your emotions, all of them. You see, my friends, we have a misconception that our feelings should be good and comfortable most of the time. This idea is ironically what perpetuates our misery. When we learn how to truly process emotion confidently, we stop needing to escape with food. We become less afraid of feeling anything. When we aren't afraid to feel, everything we do can be done with real courage. We can allow the negative emotion to be there, and we can still take constructive actions to reduce our desire anyway. Third, love yourself through it all. I can't stress this one enough. We cannot self-criticize and hate our way to change anything in our life. Why? Because it feels absolutely terrible. But yet that's exactly what our default brain tricks so many of us into doing because it tells us that it's going to motivate us to do better. Instead, all the self-criticism and self-loathing is more than we can stand. So before long, we have to give up to escape that pain. 
We have to realize mistakes are always an inevitable part of anything that we do as humans, even more so in the areas that we struggle with, like the food that we eat. Learning how to love ourselves and move confidently through our mistakes is such a big secret to everything that we do in our human life. We have to learn that loving ourselves is the most empowering feeling because what we love, we nurture and we take the best care of. What we loathe, we don't care about. We're not focused on its long-term well-being. Number four, start right where you are and as small as you need to. The bigger change you try to make at once, the harder all these things become. Not sure where to start? Here's a great place. Just start using your rational brain to plan the food you're already eating. You might be thinking, how's that going to change anything? Actually, it will change your relationship with yourself and your food in many positive ways. When you make a decision to eat something ahead of time, and then you honor that decision, you're creating a strong, trusting self-relationship where you can count on yourself. And you know what? This sets you up for for future success. It also neutralizes the food you're eating and your decision to eat it, so you're less likely to self-judge and continually put yourself down. This is also still teaching you how to delay gratification when other non-planned attractive food choices are presented to you. Once you've gotten good at doing this, you'll feel much more prepared to start asking yourself what you're willing to do to reduce your over-desire, to lose weight, and start working that into your food plan. God's truth about all this is simple. He gives us everything we need to make this a reality in our lives. I know that may seem hard for some of you to believe, but hear me out. He gifted us our prefrontal cortex, so we always have the ability to control our brain and use that part of our brain to overcome all our default brains, urges, and desires. He made our human brains reprogrammable. We can change our ingrained neural pathways by replacing them with new ones. He also gives us the ability to feel and allow our emotions. He tells us that our life is 50-50, that we're going to experience suffering and negative emotions, but he tells us that we don't have to fear anything. We don't have to run, escape, and try to hide from anything because he is always going to be there for us and his love for us is everlasting and all-encompassing. God gave us an amazingly resilient human body and when we show it love, when we nurture it and care for it in a loving, sensible way, it will respond. He gives you the power and the ability to do exactly that. That is all I've got for you this week. Join me next week for part two of this series as I dive into another primary reason that we overeat. I love and appreciate all of you. Bye for now. 
Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and found something of value you can take with you. If you would be so kind to leave us a review, we'd greatly appreciate it. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you won't miss out on any future episodes.